Welcome to the Hump Day edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast. For today's episode, we will talk with Brian Bearfield. Y'all know him as Big Sarge. Mm. That's going to be interesting. And the Texans had a visitor for the running back position. Who was not Talk a little bit about that. And sadly, I mean, eviction notice, uh, notice was served. But don't go anywhere <laughs> first. Join us for this episode of Locked On Texans. Cody, start the countdown. Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrator's Cody Davis. Super excited for today's show. Whenever we get a guest at the crib to hmm. talk Texans, and I know this guest, Big <laughs> Sarge, I know he's going to have some uh, outlandish takes, to say the least. It's going to be very interesting, of course. Uh, it's always fun to have someone on to hear their perspective in regards to the Houston Texans. Before we talk about that, Marlon Mack, formerly a free agency, a free agent formerly from the Indianapolis Colts also spent some time with the Philadelphia Eagles, visited the Houston Texans. Now, you guys may recall, uh, actually a couple of podcasts we had, Cody, uh, talking about what Houston should do in free agency, who they should target in terms of uh, different positions and players. And Marlon Mack and Tony Michelle was one of the players that I thought Houston would benefit from looking into. And so they actually had a visit with Marlon Mack, um, on Wednesday, and I'm sorry, I, he did not play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I uh, spent five years from 2017 to last year with the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. Um, I, I like that visit. And, John, you know, the Texans probably, like they are at a lot of positions, they do not have a definitive starter. Um, let's say probably outside of Davis Mills at quarterback and, of course, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. And, of course, you know, majority of the offensive line, when you take a look at Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard, and Justin Britt, you know, there are a lot of players that could be interchangeable. And I would like Marlon Mack because I do think he is a guy that would best benefit the Houston Texans in 2022. You get a guy who would actually – been you you get a guy that the Texans will actually have an opportunity to get a lot of great football from. He can help improve this run game. But at the same time, if the Texans do go out and draft a running back and you know you want to give him an opportunity to establish himself in the league, he is not a running back that's going to dominate all of the carries. So I like Marlon Mack. I don't see why not. They might as well bring him in because once again, I do not want to see a run game where Rex Burkhead is your number one top and best running back. That cannot happen again. Well, I do want to look at what Marlon Mack can bring. 32 carries in the last two seasons uh, due to injury in 2020 and then in 2021. Just kind of got lost in the shuffle with that backfield headline by Jonathan Taylor, right? Hmm. So I look at a running back that has a lot to prove, has healthier and fresher legs, that the Houston Texans can use. Now, in terms of what Marlon Mack can do with pass catching out of the backfield, do not really expect a lot. His best year with 21 
receptions out of the backfield. That was his rookie year. And then each number, it goes down from 17 to 14 to 32. Of course, the last couple of seasons is working out very unfortunate for Marlon Mack. However, he is a down the hill runner. In 2018, 4.7 yards per carry. That year, he rushed for 908 yards. In 2019, 4.4 yards per carry. That year, he rushed for nearly 1,100 yards. I think what Marlon Mack can bring to the Houston Texans behind a revamped offensive line, especially mm. at the interior uh, offensive line positions, is a running back that can at least fall forward for four yards, right? <laughs> and that's something the Houston Texans need. They need a back that can actually be healthy, actually uh, run downhill and at least help on first downs, right? First and first and 10 to go to second and ten, uh, second and six is a whole lot better than second and eight or second and nine or second and 10 or second and 11, which we've seen from Houston in the past two seasons. And so looking at this visit, he is a running back that I liked him for this big reason. You get a veteran running back, knows how to operate in the league, also knows this division, and then you can pair him especially now that you have two fourth-round picks with a younger back that can a little bit more multifaceted in your offense, catching out of the backfield, maybe utilizing that back on special teams, getting your maximization out of a younger back with this offense, which, by the way, is a trend in the NFL. Now, we definitely got to talk about uh, lefties, right? (laughs) Right? Got to talk about lefties a little bit before we get up out of here and talk to Big Sarge. Hey, man, listen. It's a movie that I love. It's a Christmas movie, regardless of what anybody thinks Friday after next. And, and that morning, in the beginning of the movie, they get robbed and they ain't had a rent money. Mm-hmm. Lefties didn't have, did not have the rent money. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate, man. If we're being honest, those guys who went into business uh, with Deshaun Watson, I know they did not foreshadow seeing Deshaun <laughs> Watson go from $150 million wanting to be a Houston Texan for life, and then, you know, 18 months later, some papers got served. So we all go through it with eviction notices. Change the locks, man. Change the locks on that boy. First, you know what's funny about that? Even if they were open, you wasn't going to be able to use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was the, that was the worst part about it. You know, uh, it's kind of tough, man. Like, I mean, but. That Deshaun Watson put his handprints on. <laughs> going out the other way it, it is you know but but y'all you know i hate to say this and this is kind of a bad joke given everything that's going on off the field but i mean we all know rusty harding isn't a cheap attorney to afford now it's starting to make more sense why he decided to go to cleveland for 130 million guaranteed 230 million oh the ugly face made you mess the numbers up. God, a whole lot of money and uh, not a whole lot of lefty sandwiches to pass out. Brian Barfield will be joining us next here at the Locked On Texan Podcast. Uh, guys, I can just tell y'all to buckle up onto your seatbelts because I know it's going to be a very interesting couple of discussions. But this is a time of year. A lot of us have pretty much given up on our New Year resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution by eating right and working out. And thanks to Bill Bar, it doesn't necessarily feel like a resolution anymore, guys. This is not a joke. I actually do enjoy eating them. So if you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out on the built the best built bar that they may have. What are the best tasting bars? The puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. 
They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. They are also covered in 100% real chocolate. Shout out to my dad. Wish you were here. My dad always said, don't teach yourself, treat yourself. And that's what you could do with Bill Bar. Do never, never feel guilty about it. Bill Bars are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. With a lot of different flavors to choose from. So go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. As promised, Brian Barefield, Big Sarge, is joining the show as we talk all things Texans, Nick Casario, the number three overall pick, and <laughs> it's new theory that I'm pretty sure a lot of you may agree with, and a lot of you may call them crazy, but with that, without further ado, Big Sarge, welcome to the show, man. It's so good to have you back to talk sports. Hey, man, thank y'all for having me, bro. Um, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, thank you. I, I- <laughs> Hey, look, hey, I had, hey, Cody, I had to call you today. The reason why I reached out to you as well, because I want to, you to know that I wasn't in witness protection program hiding from nobody. Whatever <laughs> I put on Twitter is what I put on Twitter. Don't so, start. Don't start. <laughs> but, but, I you know. You mother. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. But, you know, for real, thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, Big Sarge. And, look, let's jump right into it. The biggest trade in franchise history is over. Deshaun Watson was traded on Friday to the Cleveland Browns. Sarge, what are your thoughts about the trade? And do you think Nick Casario and the Houston Texans got enough back in return? So it surprised me. I'm going to say that because I had been hearing it. I mean, like when I say hearing, I meant like almost his name was on the dotted line to go to Atlanta. So I was really surprised that. Mm. Browns came back into play and I can see why I mean and I've said this uh, I think I said this earlier and I said this on the show that I can see why Deshaun Watson is in a people people looking at the 22 sexual misconduct um, allegations and the civil suits and people are just looking at it from one aspect but you got to look at it from another aspect Rusty Harding is not cheap like Hmm. you have one of the best attorneys in the country and I'm pretty sure his retainer is way more than a subscription to Massage Envy. So with that being said, you have to go back and you have to remember that you got this lawyer retainer. And if your agent can get you $230 million fully guaranteed, you got to go with the bag. No matter if, you know, if Lil Baby and the Migos and Cardi B and Tyler Perry and Trey Young, no matter if they want you in Atlanta, no matter if you can go there and party and have fun at any night of the week. Now you got to go ahead and go on into Cleveland where on some days it stinks and some days it doesn't. You go into a blue collar city where it's nothing to do. I mean, I don't think, and I don't think that Nick Casario got back as much as he should have gotten back. And first of all, Cody, you and I talked about this. The first thing I would ask for was, you remember that big, <laughs> billboard they had from LeBron James out of the building. Uh-huh. Back. So I was like, hey, kid, y'all still got that? Because if so, I need to get that. But and I think that they've redone the compensation for it, right? So now they get mm-hmm. two in, uh, this year, correct? Mm-hmm. In the fourth round. In the fourth. Okay. So they get a first round and a fourth round this year, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that still is not enough. They still have 
like seven or eight picks left. And when they get rid of Baker Mayfield, they're going to recoup pretty much all except the first round draft picks. But they're going to recoup all those miscellaneous uh, uh, draft picks that they gave up. They're going to get that back in the Baker Mayfield trade. And you didn't get Mm. any players. You need at least one one superstar and two role players or two special teams players or two practice teams. It does not matter. If I'm Nick Casario, I'm saying to myself, I've already talked to Kyle and I've already talked to Jack Easterby and I've said, look, this is what we want. If we're not going to get this, then we're just going to have to make do and go and move forward. And if that means that we tell Deshaun he has to play and he does not play, and then we have to go through the process of uh, finding him for not wanting to play and not want to be here, then so be it. But we can't just say, oh, this is the deal that we're going to take and then try to make it work after that. No, the Texans did not get enough for a Deshaun Watson is a once and a generational talent that hmm. comes through Houston. J.J. Watt was the last one. Before J.J. Watt, it was Andre Johnson. And so, and you could, you know, some would argue that DeAndre Hopkins could be put right in that lower tier, like right up under those three. But when you have a a quarterback, when you have a franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson, when it's time to trade him, you you get the house. You take everything. And And if they say no, then you say, well, hey, thank you for your time. Hey, Deshaun, look, I understand you have a no trade clause and you have 50% say so. But so do I. And so we can either make this thing work or no. And so, no, they didn't get enough. The 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 conversation that they got back, and I know that Nick Casario told us at the press conference on Saturday that, oh, it was the media speculating that we was going to get players back. No, Nick, <laughs> you said that on more than one occasion. You may not have said it publicly, but it's gotten back to us that the, the compensation package that you wanted for Deshaun Watson, and you did not get it. Yeah, I definitely think that Nick Casario settled in terms of what he initially put out there, what we learned about it. Multiple picks backs, uh, back multiple players. But I will say, and I want to get your thoughts on this, clearing that cap space from Deshaun Watson's contract may have made up for not getting players back or multiple picks. Do you feel like, you know, allowing the Cleveland Browns to take that on and that allowed the Houston Texans to get about an additional, what was it, almost $20 million in cash space. It has them at 31. Does that kind of make up for moving on from Deshaun Watson and not getting the original compensation for, uh, for Watson in that trade? You know, before this, uh, before I started today, before I came on here, I said a little prayer to myself and I said, Sarge, do not get yourself involved in back and forth with Texans Twitter. And I said, I'm trying my best not to get myself involved with a back and forth with Texans Twitter. And I know it's about to happen. My next statement. John, let me ask you a question. Name the last big name, big talent free agent that is signed with the Houston Texans on the line. And that's a good point. You got to be Tyron Matthews, right? Tyron Matthews signed, yeah, for like one year. Yeah, for one year. That was the like last major free agent that they was able to sign. Yeah. Chris Cordia, who is on Sports Talk 790 on In the Trenches with Indy Clue. I'm saying his name so I'll know, and, I, and you can add him on this part of the show as well. Chris Gordy tried to make a point the other day, tell me that it was Ed Reed. I said, is there another Ed Reed that I don't know anything about? Like, which Ed Reed? Because no. No, the Ed Reed... The Ed Reed that the Texans got was on his last leg, and he's come out and admitted that, yo, I just came in for the bag. That was mm-hmm. it. So as I digress, you can have $250 million in, in cap space. You can have half a, half a billion dollars in cap space. The problem with the Houston Texans is the culture. You know that buzzword that they like to throw around so much? Mm-hmm. The culture. And these players who leave here 
talks about the culture to other big name talented free agents. So they're gonna they're gonna have this cap space, and there's going in order for them to get a big name talent, there's gonna have to be somebody that say they're gonna have to break the Texans. Because other than that, some people, and, and I know this for a fact, some people have taken less money to go to other places and besides Houston. And it I can never figure that out. Because Houston is a great city to live, you know. It, they, it, they're, it, it's cultural. It's you know, you have great places to eat here. You have great, uh, great things to do. You know, the economy is very well here. You know, you have no state income tax. So I would think that that guys who are about to become multimillionaires would come here. But then on the flip side of it, they'll say, "No, because I don't want to be involved in that." Because these players talk a lot behind the scenes and so people thought that moving out bill o'brien would change some of the culture and all it did was make it more toxic so no you can get you can free up as much cap space as you like i still don't see the texans being able to build through free agency to make this team better they're going to have to do it through through the draft and wait for those players to develop Mm. Last question before getting out of here. Nick Casario pulled off arguably his biggest trade of his career. Um, I'm hoping that will be his biggest trade of his career. If not, that means something is still wrong off of 16 and Kirby. But Sarge, as of right now, as you and I and John sit here on March 22nd, 2022, Nick Casario has had a full calendar year of being a general manager. He had a pretty solid draft. Um, the players that he brought in doing free agency was either hit or miss. Seems like the players that he traded for, like Anthony Miller or Shaq Lawson, that was a big fail. From, you know, A, B, C, D, or F, how would you grade Nick Casario, you know, doing his first full calendar year as being a general manager of the Houston Texans? I give him a D. Mm, wow, yeah. not even a C? Well, he hired David Culley. Well... <laughs> That, that, that does knock your GPA down. Yeah, I I didn't think about that. Hiring David Cully is is one of those. But he he, he did year, give give the team Lovey Smith right after. So no, no. They fell into Lovey Smith because nobody else wants to come here. But when you hire David Cully a year later, you, you go to your professor and ask for anything you can do to make up that grade so you can <laughs> so you can at least get over that two point five mark. All right. <laughs> That's how bad that decision of hiring David Cully was. So, and, and that's my saying. So, I mean, that's that's how I'm thinking. So, I give him a D because one, he hired David Cully, and if you're going to tank, then you bring David Cully back. You don't say, "Hey, hmm. let's go out here and botch this entire head coaching search." And let's not forget that. Now, that goes into the grade as well. They botched that entire coaching search, and he had it from the beginning. So he had that from he had David Cully from the beginning, and then he had this. Uh, what, what was the guy's name? Um, who they had inked as well before Josh McCown. Thank you, thank you. That hold on, that's a D. Now, another thing is this, Cody, you can't go four and 13 and say, Let's run it back. Now, now you remember when the Rockets lost to the Golden State Warriors, and Chris Paul said, What, let's run it back, <laughs> and that you was their slogan. Going into the 2019 season, <laughs> you went four and thirteen, and you brought back the free agents that you went four and thirteen. Like we're gonna run it back. Run what back? You what were you successful at? Like oh, you're running it back so you can tank, so you can get a quarterback, which you could get this year. But that's neither here nor there. Yes, I give him a D. 
That's that's real. Like I understand it from the standpoint of David Cully. I look at that from a standpoint and of head coaching search as well. Because Lovey Smith and getting hired, I think that does play a part into that grade as well. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait! One more thing. He depend. He's depending on Rex Burkhead. You know what? I change it. It's not a D anymore. He Don't you say it. <laughs> Rex Burkhead. But, but, but he oh. did do a solid job in the draft last year, given the hand that he was dealt. Now, I understand you are not on the Davis Mills train, but you, you, you have to give him at least a solid grid after what he did with the draft last year. And the Texans had arguably the worst draft capital going into the, going into the 2021 NFL draft. And he came out okay in it. He brought Bro, he's depending on Rex Burkhead, and he's running it back with Rex Burkhead. Not only is he running it back with Rex Burkhead, he went and got uh, was not was it Amendola? Who was it? He went and got off the street in uh, oh, that in, was Danny Amendola. Thank you very much. He went to the Woodlands and got Danny Amendola <laughs> off the street and brought him in. And what what contributions did Danny Amendola? And not only that, you let Justin Reed get away from here. Your starting safety and your backup kicker. No, he gets an F, bro. And before we move forward, our next partner has a product that I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I needed that extra boost in the morning. Didn't always have time to wake up and prepare my days, right? But I wanted a better gut health and more energy, and I wanted to optimize my immune system. Also, I hate taking pills and vitamins, man. Wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and wanted to see what all the hype was about with Athletic Greens. It's definitely worth it. And I'll tell you what Athletic Greens is if you're asking yourself, what is this stuff? With one, and I do mean one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. That's how I look kind of. Don't look pretty young, baby. Athletic Green gets the job done. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Ports better sleep quality and recovery, also supporting mental health clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best thing. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product and third-party testing. Very cheap as well, man. You guys can get this for fairly, uh, very affordable, right? To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you one free year of supply of immune system Vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL network. Again, that is athleticgreen slash NFL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make sure you're listening to Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects, along with NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I do want to say this to kind of piggyback off the previous discussion with 
grading Nick Casario. I, I will say for me personally, moving forward now, I will hold no restraints back from really dissecting everything that he does. Last year, if I'm being fair, he walked into a situation that was, uh, I will say, more than toxic, more mm-hmm. than dysfunctional. And I think he did have a hands tied behind his back. And so, you know, he did make do with what he had. That cap situation last year was terrible. So he had to go out there and sign a free agent that he had to sign. Moving forward, especially after the money that was freed up by Deshaun Watson, the draft capital that you have was still isn't enough. Uh, I definitely can see Nick Casario being more active in the draft, of course. We may look at this number third overall pick. He may trade it or whatever that happens. But this is now the first full year that I judge him uh, 100% through. Speaking of that number third overall pick, Sarge, is it Malik Willis? Go ahead. Why did you that's, that's, that's That was my setup. I set him up early in the show. You set him up at the end of the last segment. There you go right hey, here. Pick him up, I'll knock I mean, put him up, I'll knock him down. Yes. There's no possible way you let a, a, a talent like Malik, uh, Malik Willis, excuse me, get away from here when you have the quarterback whisper in Pep Hamilton as your offense coordinator and who could potentially be your next head coach. That's how I'm thinking in the future all the way. If Nick Casario hires him two years after, you know, this Lovey Smith experiment, then, yes, I'll come back and I'll give him a B. But when you have a, a, a talent like a Malik Willis who can not only pass but can run the ball, who's very athletic, Pep Hamilton can build around that. Now, I know some people will come and say, well, the, the quarterbacks that Pep Hamilton has dealt with, Cody said this earlier today, has mm-hmm. all been pocket quarterbacks right quarterback justin herbert yes but you think about it though he's never had the opportunity to coach a player like a malik willis who has all those intangibles no he's he may not be the best pocket passer right but what he is is up oh, the plating broke down let me scramble out let me buy more time let me get out now he's not as i won't say that he could buy time like a patrick mahomes but he can buy time like a deshaun watson he can use his legs as offense and this will be the first time that Jeff hamilton will have somebody like that like when you think about it like this and i said this earlier to cody Malik Willis is what Pep Hamilton has seen growing up. There were some people that went to Howard that was as athletic and could play football but just couldn't pass that that uh, Pep Hamilton has seen. In the seventh grade, he probably grew up with some people like that. In, in, in high school, there were people that he grew up with that had the talent but couldn't pass the classes. He was like, wow, if I ever got a chance to either play with those guys and now as he moved forward, coach that type of talent, I know exactly – what to do if you bring in Malik Willis he opens up the playbook to other plays that Davis Mills can't make now I will say this I was a huge Davis Mills critic at the beginning of the year in training camp and going into the preseason and going into the beginning of the year and the reason why I was a critic was because he was not making the basic plays I wasn't knocking him because he was a rookie Hey, look, the game moves fast for these rookies. I've I've covered enough training camps to know that I put it like this. It moves fast for Deshaun. So they have to catch up with that because that college speed and the NFL speed are two totally different speeds. Every NFL player will tell you that. So I wasn't knocking him 
for not being able to learn how to play at that speed. But when you're doing 707s and your jerseys are blue and the defensive jerseys is white, how do you keep doing to the to the white jerseys? Like the, the jerseys are different for a reason. And when you're just running basic drills, how are you overthrowing Nico Collins? Or how can you not make this pass to, to Brandon Cooks? How can why why is the game all of a sudden changed for you? So when I look at that, I say, okay. Now, as, as the time went on, he got a whole lot better. As as the season went on, I will say that the Davis Mills that we've seen at the end of the season was a whole lot different than the Davis Mills that we've seen at the beginning. Hmm. And he's still not Malik Willis. I'm sorry. I get it. He has a big arm. He makes the right read sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. But I don't have faith in the in if the play breaks down that Davis Mills can make something happen, especially if you have a – I mean, you got an all right offensive line. You know, if you're gonna let hold on, if you're gonna let Titus play tackle, Titus is not a guard. <laughs> Titus is a right tackle. Titus is not a right guard, left guard, or left tackle, even though he played very well there. He's a right tackle. Put him at right tackle, put Laramie there, and then you allow Malik Willis, that type of athleticism, to just flourish. Give him time. And if it doesn't work out, Davis is used to coming off the bench anyway, so Wow. You know, I, I get all the points that you are making. You know, I I really don't see Malik Willis as a can't-miss quarterback. You know, I don't see him being like a Deshaun Watson coming out of college or a Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. You know, I, I feel like it's a gamble with him. I, I, I think he has potential. By the way, he had a terrific pro day on yesterday. Love what I saw. Had an opportunity to cover that a little bit. Um, oh, wait, wait, my, wait, 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 wait. Uh, Can I ask you a question? And I, 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 I hand over heart. I don't mean to be rude on your show by cutting No, 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 no. Go ahead. But I have to ask. You said like a Patrick Mahomes. Did you watch Patrick Mahomes? Because I watched Patrick Mahomes play in college. Matter of fact, I went to Jerry's World and watched Patrick Mahomes when he played for Texas Tech a goal against Baylor. And he wasn't Patrick Mahomes. But you know when he became Patrick Mahomes? When the Kansas City Chiefs drafted him and built the offense around him if pep builds the offense around malik like they ne- like if the texans build that offense around malik like they never did for deshaun if they'd have built that offense around deshaun that the texans team would have been a whole lot uh, a whole lot more successful but when we talk about patrick home i mean patrick mahomes like the offense was built around him lamar jackson who came out and had all that criticism who ended up becoming the nfl mvp what did the ravens do they built the offense around him. Buffalo has built the offense around Josh Allen. So if you're just bringing him in and looking at the offense from last year, no. But if Pep can get somebody like a Malik Willis and build around him, I think that he'll have more success building around Malik than he will building around Davis Mills. But but that's my thing. So Malik isn't a can't-miss quarterback in this draft. And once again, I believe he has the potential, but I just don't see him being a can't-miss quarterback, i.e. like a Trevor Lawrence when he came out last year. However, with that being said, do you feel it's more important for the Texans to address a quarterback when they already have, I guess we can agree, a decent quarterback right now when there's other holes that they have to fill, especially with that number three overall pick? Because I think especially with Lovey Smith as your head coach, and I think this is more so of defensive draft, you got guys, guys like Kyle Hamilton the Texans can benefit from, um, Kevon Thibodeau, I know you really big on Thibodeau versus Hutchinson. Like, I think 
that this is a draft where the Texans can actually afford to focus on other positions and actually give Davis Mills an opportunity to be that quarterback. And if he doesn't, you got Bryce Young coming out next year. And I think Bryce Young upside is bigger than both Davis Mills and Malik Willis. I like to say this really quick. Uh, if Houston does pass on Thibodeau with the number 13 pick overall, Jermaine Johnson would be sitting right there. A lot of people want Jordan Davis at 13, that big tackle out of Georgia. But if you guys go back and watch Jermaine Johnson's tape out of Florida State and then compare it to what he was able to do and how he dominated at the Senior Bowl, we look at an edge rusher who can play that that uh, five technique for our technique. You know, that's the guy that can really get it done in terms of getting after the quarterback and stopping the run. I just wanted to throw that out there. And that's what I was going to say, too. Like, when it comes to Malik Willis, I mean, he shined at the Senior Bowl, shined at the Combine, shined at his pro day. Speaking of pro days, did anybody catch Aiden Hutchinson on the bench? <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. I didn't get a chance to see him. Yeah, well, I mean – he, uh, I just put it like this. He, he needed a lot of help getting up 225. I'm 50 years old, and I don't need that amount of help. Oh, you mean when the, the coach was curling it for him a little bit? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, he was looking a little funny in the light. <laughs> now, to answer your question, though, Cody, so if the Texans do not take Malik Willis at three, he's going to be gone because Carolina has the sixth pick, and if they don't take him, then Atlanta has Atlanta the Atlanta definitely going to take him. And I and you know I put out there on Twitter that I think that Atlanta should go ahead and try to jump Carolina and they should mm -hmm. actually try to trade with the Texans. The mm -hmm. Texans are going to take a quarterback. You jump up there and get him because if you don't, Carolina will. And if Carolina doesn't, then you you can get him at the eighth spot. But if some way you don't, uh, you still got to worry about if Seattle was going to jump you to get Malik Willis because they need a quarterback as well. So with that being said, so let's just say they take an offensive lineman with the third pick, right? It's the thirteenth pick. They better, better, and Cody, do not laugh when I say this. John, they need a wide receiver. Absolutely. No, I they, agree. They need a wide receiver. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 32. You, 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 you. I listen, I like Christian Watson, man. I, I maybe 32 is a little bit too hard for him, but 6'4 on the 4'3. 32, that 32nd overall pick was 32 or 33. I'm I'm talking about that thirteenth pick. You can get you can get a receiver in that second round. I don't know, man, because I look. I put it like this: when you have that, uh, so I'm looking at the wide receivers now, right? So Olave, right? You can get uh, Olave. Uh, um, what's the Williams. other guy? Sorry, yeah, Williams, Sky Moore, um, James, what's that? Jameson out of Alabama. So the reason why I picked those guys was because you have a possession receiver in Nico Collins. You have a possession receiver in Brandon Cooks. You have a possession tight end, excuse me, you have a possession tight end in Brevin Jordan. So you got two big targets in Collins and Jordan, and then you got your guy that's going to, he can walk on the field right now, and you already know, well, he's going to give me 1,000 yards this season in Brandon Cooks. What the Texans do not have is somebody who can stretch the field. And you need somebody to, to be able to stretch the field, especially, especially if you have a weak running game which the Texans have right now. Unless I put it like this. The guy that I wanted the Texans to go out and get, they allowed him to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another three-year deal in Leonard Fournette. I think that he would have mm. been perfect in that Texan system. But since you're not, you're going to run it back with Rex Burkhead and maybe Marlon Mack and whoever else they're going to bring on. I you just hope it's not no damn David Johnson because I can't <laughs> sit through that again. 
<laughs> but you need someone that can stretch the field. So if you, let's just say you get Chris Olave at, at 13, right? So now with him out on the field, that's going to make the defensive coordinators be like, okay, we got a guy here that can stretch the field. So if I'm if I'm Pep Hamilton, I'm saying to myself within the first series, I'm like, hey, look, Chris, I just want you to run straight. That's all I need you to do. Run the run the streak, run the fly route. That's all I need you to do. I'm gonna put you right here. I'm gonna put you in a slot. As a matter of fact, just run. And then when you come back, I'm gonna put you on the outside. I'm gonna let you run because what I need the defense to do, and what I need the defensive coordinator to do, and what I need the secondary coach to do is to grab that that Microsoft tablet when they come to the sideline and they say, "Hey, look, I know we're covering these guys, but look at this guy running up the field." All right, so this is what I need you to do now. So I need to drop the safeties back just a tad bit because I still need somebody over the top. Now, once you allow those safe, I mean, once you make those safeties drop back, Nico and Brandon can eat all day. Brevin is going to be able to eat wherever he can ink in. But if they don't have a speed receiver, if they don't get somebody, and not only just somebody who could stretch the field, but somebody that's also a threat to be able to catch the ball. Because Olave can run and he can catch. So, uh, and I'm just using him as an example, but I would definitely use, if I'm going to take Davis, if I mean, if I'm going to keep Davis Mills as my quarterback for the future, or if I'm going to keep him as the quarterback for this year and draft another quarterback next year, at least I'm putting the, the pieces in place. And I understand that everybody wants to get an offensive lineman. I got that. But then we just watch a team go to the Super Bowl and almost win that thing with the bad offensive line in the Cincinnati Bengals. The quicker you can get the ball out, you ain't got to worry about your quarterback taking no sacks. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I think that they should go with some type of wide receiver, some some type of speed wide receiver that can stretch the field. Uh, the Texans haven't had that since, what, Will Fuller? Nah, they really didn't have it with Will Fuller because he was always hurt. Then the one year he did stay healthy, he was PED. So. <laughs> and you know what was so funny? People don't realize, remember, too, because – the Texans actually used Will Fuller like that because you remember coming out of Notre Dame, Will Fuller couldn't catch. They mm. called him Stone Hands. You remember? He could not catch worse anything. But if you get you a speedster in this draft that can can catch and can stretch the field. And so, John, I don't know, will that be around when it's time for the Texans to pick again? Uh, I think in the second round it will be. There's a lot of receivers coming out, and a lot of these boys running so. Four threes and four fours, and we saw and a couple, catch. you know, four two. It, it, yeah, I mean, well, Watson can catch. Um, and I also think Houston should, you know, address bringing in a real slot receiver um, that can do multiple things on the football field. We look at this 2022, uh, these playbooks, and you're seeing multiple guys being able to kind of, in different situations, being utilized differently when they walk into the walk on the field. For the NFL, so if we're going to really sit here and judge, we can have this conversation closer towards the draft again. I, I would love to. If we're going to sit here and judge what the future can hold, you could ask Cody. I'm not one that's going to sit here and think that the Texans are going to just play bad because they're tanking. If their if their record turns out bad, that's because they just you know play better teams. I think they have the opportunity to at least compete in the AFC South, but they got to put players out on the field that make sense for a modern-day football. That's what they were missing under Tim Kelly. The predictability, the vanilla offense, the run, 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 every now and then we'll throw an RPO, mix it in. And if one out of every five games, I'll get a little creative. They can't do that anymore. If you're going to hire Pep Hamilton or move him up as OC, 
Let's do things the right way. Let's do things the new way, right? Give Davis Mills a real year to judge him, evaluate him by. Well, you got to do that with talent, right? Patrick Mahomes stepped on the field with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, we look at a lot of successful young quarterbacks. They got somebody to put the ball in the hands to. So mm-hmm. let's do the same, at least I think so, for Davis Mills. And I look at it like like this, too. We're going to be coming back, and if they do decide to go with Davis Mills, we're going to be coming back. We're going to be having the same conversation next year because, like, the Texans play the AFC West, right? They play me. They play them this year. They play the AFC West, so you can pretty much pencil in four losses. They also also have to play – and don't get me wrong, they play the Tennessee Titans very well. They play them well, but they always still end up losing to them, right? and they got better, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. And the, you know, with them bringing on Robert Woods, like they got a whole lot better. And I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say this, and this is definitely going to get me killed by Texans Twitter. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to watch out for them because, hold on, hear me out. Now they have a real coach, a coach that has won the Super Bowl. They don't have a coach who's filling up young ladies in a bar. They don't have a coach who don't know who Aaron Donald is. I told who's, you, John. Who is number 99, right? They what don't did have, I tell you? They don't have a coach that when he walks in the locker room, the players turn their back like this. You see what I'm saying? And they're building around. So now you're going to get a real coach in there, one who, who knows how to do what? Work with quarterback. One who knows how to de- design a, a um, excuse me, knows how to design an offense. He's going to make Trevor Lawrence look very well this year. The Texans are going to have a hard time with Jacksonville this year. It may possibly will. And I do think Doug Peterson is, is uh, more than an upgrade from Urban Meyer. For those viewing on YouTube, you see the name in the back, Big Sarge. For those of you listening at home, we do have, we will be had Big Sarge on today's show, Big Sarge. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media and all of your work. All right. At your own risk, you can find me at Big Star Sports <laughs> with a Z at the end on Twitter. Oh, you can also listen to me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Sports Talk 790 uh, on In the Trenches, 10 to 12 p.m. with Indy Kalu and Chris Gordy. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all make sure y'all check them out and then attack them. Text them to Go get them. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. And I kind of feel left out because I'm the only one that doesn't have Kobe as of now because I just moved in my background. You know, Big Sarge got Kobe back there. You see John representing Kobe's high school jersey. But, you know, I just wanted to throw that in there. So, you know. That's my goat, at least. I don't care. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) peace.